are listening to the Grace of Bel Air Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. For additional information, you can visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. And now, we invite you to enjoy this week's sermon. God is doing some great things here in our service today. God is ministering to people, and I believe God's got more for us. Amen. I believe God's got a word for you today, and God's going to use this word to help you through whatever you're facing today. And, uh, you know, I just want to encourage you to come ready, come expecting, because when you expect something from God, how many know that puts our focus in on God, what He wants to do in your life and through your life? And so this morning, I, I, I don't want you to come in here and just think it's the same old routine, but no, come ready for something, because I believe God's got a word for you, and I believe that, you know, as you follow along with us today, if you want to take notes, write things down, maybe what the Lord is saying to you, uh, don't dismiss His voice, because He has something special in store for you, amen? And that's what we're going to be talking about today, is about following His voice, uh, we're going to be continuing in our series in John chapter 10 today, uh, on our series called Discover Jesus, and following His voice, learning how to recognize uh, and follow Jesus' voice. And so this morning, if you're watching online, we thank you for joining us here today. We, we appreciate you. Uh, feel free to participate with us this morning. And uh, today we're going to be talking about Jesus being the good shepherd. Everybody say shepherd. It's important word for us today. Shepherd was uh, someone that leads a flock of sheep, and so Jesus is going to be talking about that, illustrating that for his audience that he's talking with in John chapter 10. And, uh, you know, there's nothing like having people follow you or having people, um, you know, look to you as someone they can trust, someone they can come to with their issues, with their problems. Uh, If you're a parent in the room, you know how your kids will come to you with their problems and issues, especially as a younger age, they just assume that you can do and fix anything, right? And uh, my boys, they come to me because they think I can fix anything. Even if it's replacing a battery, I wow them and amaze them, amen? And uh, it makes me feel real good when you just, all you're doing is replacing a battery. But man, apparently it's the most amazing thing they have ever seen. And they just assume you can fix everything. And so because we're trying to teach them right now, not just because something doesn't work does not mean you get to turn into the Incredible Hulk and smash it and, uh, and just assume it's no good, right? Uh, my, my parents were watching both of our boys a couple of weeks ago, and my son was out on their deck, and he tripped and fell. He hurt himself. He's crying. He's all upset. And he told my, my parents, he said, you need to tear this deck apart because this deck is no good, right? It's just, this deck is no good, right? And he, doesn't, he didn't like the deck anymore that he was on. So, um, you know, they, uh, there was another day where we were, you know, we had this toy that they have. It's like a car almost. It, it can fit like a smaller size ball in it. That's the purpose of this toy. And one of my sons decided that it was a good idea to put in 
larger plastic golf ball inside that, that toy. And so it stuck. The toy wasn't working properly. So, of course, they bring it to Mr. Fix-It, right? And uh, it's no longer, uh, it is no longer just a toy that has an issue. This becomes a challenge to dad, right? This is like, this, this little plastic golf ball ain't going to have its day with me. I am going to own this, right? And, and do whatever I got to do to make it work. And so I dismantled this entire toy and its many parts and got the plastic golf ball out and praise the Lord once again. My, my kids were amazed as I performed this amazing trick, apparently. And um, they, were, they were thrilled this day. So uh, thrilled that day. So, you know, needless to say, Bobby Hackett had one. The plastic golf ball had zero. Amen? And so um, that's right. No plastic golf ball is going to get in my way. So um, we're going to look at this this morning in John chapter 10, verses 1 through 18. Learning to follow God's voice. Uh, learning to walk with him as our shepherd, as our guide, that we can come to him with anything that we are walking through as people, and he's going to be there for us. And this morning, we're going to be looking at this in John chapter 10, verses 1 through 18. There's four truths about Jesus that we're going to talk about, because we li- and this is going to help us understand what God's voice sounds like in your life. How to follow God's voice. You know, have you ever asked yourself that question? God, are you speaking Right? Are you, are, you, are you doing something here? Are you helping me? Like, which direction are you want me to go? What are you exactly wanting me to do? And so this morning, as we look at this, um, we're going to be looking at how to follow his voice, because he's going to say, the sheep know my voice. And so, because we live in a day, there are a lot of voices speaking out, right? You hear it all the time. You get on social media, you get on YouTube, you get on TV, you hear a lot of voices, a lot of messages being portrayed some good, some bad, right? And it's all over the place. And so it's learning how to know what is truthful and what is false. And Jesus is, is, is going to dissect this in, this in this chapter today about who is speaking the truth and who is not speaking the truth because it does affect every part of you, what you believe, what you feed your heart and your mind with, the information you take in. It's important. And so Jesus is going to, help us identify some things because they've had some good shepherds in their day. These, these Israelites have had some good shepherds. They've had some bad ones. And it's affected everything. It's, it's infected, uh, in a negative sense, many times their nation because of the things they chose to believe and act on. And so this is going to be very helpful for us today on how to recognize who you can trust and who voice you need to dismiss. So we're going to talk about these four truths today. The first one is, is about Jesus, and it, we, we can understand this today. He can be trusted. Amen? Say trusted. In verses 1 through 6, it helps us with this. He says, he's speaking to Pharisees. He says, Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus uses figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. And so here's some important things to note. First off, when it comes to trusting 
leaders, more of a spiritual sense. And how do we trust leaders? What is it like? I'm not talking about today about putting somebody under a microscope, okay, before I mention what I'm about to mention, okay? This isn't about putting somebody under a microscope that if they do one wrong thing, you dismiss them and say they must be some kind of false teacher. Did you know that there were false teachers during Jesus' day? Did you know that there were false teachers in the Apostle Paul's day? This is what a lot of his letters are about. Did you know there are false teachers here in our world today as well? So Jesus is being very clear. Protect yourself from what voice you allow in your life. Protect yourself. And so this morning, he's going to point some things out to help us. Who do you trust and whose voice do you dismiss? And this is very important to understand. So the first part of this, uh, or through this point, I'm going to list four different things that he brings up. The first one is this, is that they are going to point people to the true shepherd. They're going to point people to Jesus, in other words. That's who they're going to point to. If they're pointing to themselves, if they're pointing to other things, they are not a good shepherd to follow. This is more, Jesus is going to talk about more of a habitual thing. Like I said, we're not putting leaders under a microscope. More so of, is there something habitually that they continuously do? If they are, and it's negative, we need to dismiss, because it will destroy your soul, and it will destroy your attitude. And this is so important. Jesus is talking about When you want to listen to somebody's voice, when you want to uh, hear what they have to say and believe what they have to say, they better be people who point to Jesus, because otherwise it's not going to go well for you. And so this is important because what we hear today more and more, what I hear more and more is the danger of false teachers, because what is being preached more and more, not just by people who claim to, to be a Christian, but even around the world and even in our own country, we're not preaching repentance anymore. We're preaching tolerance. And there's a big difference between the two. Tolerance is saying, tolerate my sin, I tolerate yours. Jesus says, repent now, for the kingdom of heaven is here. John the Baptist prepared the way for the Lord, right? Prepared the way for Jesus. What was his message? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Then Jesus shows up, says the exact same thing. Repent. Repent. That means you're turning away from all sin. You are rejecting all sin. It is not saying, well, picking and choosing what I want to do. No, no, no. You're rejecting all of sin. Sin is so deadly. Watch this. The Son of God had to die for it. That's how deadly sin can be. And it's so important that we understand that this is what we have to do. So, if they're a false teacher, if they're a false teacher, that means they do not have the Spirit of God in them. So you may be asking, well, how do you know if they have the Spirit of God in them, right? Because I've watched, all the, I've watched many media clips, and some have tr- spoken some incredible truth, some have not, right? So how do I know if the Spirit of God is in that individual of who I am listening to? Because there are people out there who are absolutely incredible speakers, absolutely incredible, very convincing They know how to talk. They know how to communicate. They know how to get a crowd going. Like, they know all of that. So how do you know if the Spirit of God is within within an individual and what they're preaching? It's very important. Do they believe the Bible as the final authority? Or are they going to actually be a messenger of the gospel? Are they going to be a messenger of the Bible? Or are they going to be an editor? Because if they're an editor, watch out. Jesus says, run away. If they're an editor of God's word, 
if they're preaching, what I mean by editing, it's more of a tolerance issue, right? It's saying, it's, hey, I'll tolerate your sin. Nobody's perfect, but you tolerate mine. Nobody's perfect, right? And the Apostle Paul is very clear. He says, how can you live in sin any longer? Get away from it. Do whatever you got to do. Abandon sin. Don't want any of that in your life. And I understand we go through struggles and we, we try our best, but the Apostle Paul says, do not let sin be your master. That's what the Bible teaches us. And so when I see that this is happening across our planet, I'm telling you, the voices you listen to are very important. And listen to what they say, because this is what will happen. And so here's a couple other ex- things that he'll say. I think this one is more self-explanatory. They lead by example. Okay, They have to lead by example. They're not just in it for the crowd. They're in it for the people. Right? They're in for the people. There's a difference between somebody wanting a crowd. They want power. They want position. They want influence. And then there's, a di- there's another difference. When somebody's about people, so watch Jesus' example. Many times he would see a crowd, but he would minister to an individual, wouldn't he? He would call them out. He would call out maybe a few. And not everybody in the crowd would engage back, but he went to the individual because he was about people. He was not about crowds. And that's what... This is all about. So they have to practice what they preach. So there's another one. They're, they pursue people out of love. And so that, that's important. They have to pursue people out of love, not just so that they can just have another follower on their social media page. Like, that's not what this is all about. There, there were times the crowd was for Jesus, and then how many know there was a time the crowd would turn on them, and they would abandon. They would say, well, I, don't, I didn't sign up for that. I signed up for the other stuff, but not that. Because why? Because they're believing this message that we can edit things in God's Word. We can edit how we do this. And they're not living a life of repentance. And living a life of trusting in what He is doing. The The fourth one is they've proven themselves to be trustworthy. So how do you prove if somebody's trustworthy? It's not how many views they're going to have on their video, right? That doesn't mean it's truthful. That just means what they're saying is popular. Popular and truth are two different things still. So just because it has a lot of views does not mean that it's truthful things that they're saying. Just because they have a lot of followers does not mean that what they say is truthful. Jesus is telling us to be careful of false teaching. Be careful of that. And then it doesn't matter if they even have good looks. Wow, they look like they got it all together. Look at them. Look at them. They have so many amazing good looks. Doesn't mean if they have good looks that they're speaking the truth to you. They can just be very convincing, right? I mean, there's people out there, I'm telling you, they're incredible at communicating. And there are times where I'm like, that, that, that follows God's word. And there are times I'm like, that does not follow God's word. I don't care how good looking they may they look and try to portray something. I don't care how many views they got. It doesn't matter. It doesn't make something truthful. What, what you have to ask yourself is, are they fruitful? Are they fruitful people? Can you see the fruit of their life and of their ministry and of their teaching, is it fruitful? So how do I, how would I play this out? So if you so for example, if you would listen to somebody like Craig Rochelle, very popular pastor, Stephen Furtick, people like that, I don't know them personally, but I see fruit there. So when they speak, I will listen because I'm like, there is proof that they have fruit. There is fruit there. That is good fruit, right? Producing good fruit, not bad fruit. But when somebody is trying to sow division, I am not listening to them. I am turning it off or I'm moving and just running away, as Jesus would say. So we have to be careful 
as to what Jesus calls fruitful and what Jesus calls poison. There's a big difference between them. And so let's be people, as Jesus is saying, let's be, pe- let's be people who live and preach about repentance and they can receive salvation through Jesus Christ when you repent. This isn't about tolerance. This isn't about that. That's not what Jesus came and preached. He preached a different gospel, the gospel that's true. So when it comes to growing in a relationship with Jesus and becoming the disciple he's called you to be, we have to be mindful of some things. We have to be careful about some things. We have to be careful about who we take advice from. So if someone is asking you, or if you're going to ask someone the importance of going to church, do not ask somebody who's not going to church. How many understand that? Right? Do not ask somebody the importance of going to church. Tell me why. What's, what's the importance of going to church? But they're not plugged in. They're not going to church. Why in the world would you ask them that question? Right? Why in the, why in the world would we take vi- advice from somebody about serving people in the local church? Why would we take advice from that if they're not doing it? Why would we, why would we do that? Because they're going to tell you all the reasons why they're not. Right? Rather than the reasons they are. There's a, and that's, that's helpful information. So ask somebody, why do you serve? What do you do it for? What, what's your reason? Because they have, they have led by example. And so when it comes to being in a connect group, right? It's like, don't ask somebody that's not in a connect group why they should be in a connect group. Because they're going to tell you why not. Don't, don't do it, right? Or get away from it. Or don't be a part of it. Ask somebody who's been in one and see what did it do for them. How did it benefit them personally, and how were they able to minister to other people as a result of being in a group like this? So I'm going to stop because I know eventually I'm going to stop, step on everybody's toes. So we're going to, we're going to move, move on to number two. He fills you. Everybody say fills. In verses 7 through 10, he says this, Therefore Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus tells us he is the gate. You have to go through him, right? That's what Jesus would tell us in John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man is going to get to God the Father but through me. He is the gate, and he is the good shepherd. And, and so as we look at this, we have to understand some things here that what he is promising for us. When you follow the Lord Jesus Christ, you have found the most prized treasure on planet Earth. There is nothing you will lack. Nothing. So if you feel, ever have that feeling that you are lacking something in your life, remind yourself of the words of 20, Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. It's very important that we get the word of God in our heart because you know who's coming to steal, kill, and destroy your life? The devil, Satan. The one that Jesus talks about the most more than anybody. He talks, more about, he talks so much about hell more than anybody because he knows the, the strategy of the enemy. Your enemy of your soul is very strategic. He is not unorganized. Sometimes we we think that, oh, he's just chaotic and he just does whatever. No, he knows exactly what he's doing. And Jesus warns us of that. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy your life. He comes to do a number of different things that are harmful to you. 
So it's important to know that the Lord is your shepherd. You lack nothing. You lack absolutely nothing. And it's important that you get God's word in your heart because if you really want to turn away from sin, if you really want to overcome struggles in your life, things that you're trying to overcome, I am here to tell you, put God's word in your heart because the psalmist tells us this. He says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Replace the negativity, the the anxiety, the stress, the thoughts, whatever you got to do, put God's word in your mind. Replace those things with God's word. Because it will transform your life. Because you'll start to believe. Because Jesus is just getting, is wanting you to believe that you are more than a conqueror through Him. And that's what Jesus is bringing up. Because the enemy is not playing games with you. He is coming to steal, kill, and destroy your life. That is His goal. That is His plan. He's coming to steal your joy. He's coming to kill your joy. And then He's coming to destroy your joy. The reason why it's, He's coming to destroy your joy is because it's not just going to destroy you but it's going to destroy the people that surround you. Because often you can see, you know, in our, in our lives, things that, we, that come up. You know, the other day, I'm going to be real honest with you because I think we all need to understand something here. The other day, I was, I was tired, I was exhausted, and, you know, I was like, Lord, <laughs> I just don't want to pray right now. I'm just fatigued, right? Leaders go through things too, right? So I'm fatigued. And I'm like, God, I just don't want to pray right now. I just don't feel like it. And I said, Lord, why? Why? You know, it wasn't, I wasn't really expecting to hear anything. It was more just out of frustration that I was tired. And so I just said, why? And I felt the Holy Spirit say something very clear. And he said to me, it's because the devil knows how powerful your prayers are. And he will use fatigue to prevent you from speaking it out. Because your tongue, ladies and gentlemen, has the power of life and death. So when you pray, you're speaking life. When you attend church, let let me tell you this. When you attend church, it is not a meaningless exercise. There's power there. When you pray, it is not a meaningless exercise. There is power there. When you serve people, it's not a meaningless exercise. There's power there. When you give, it is not a meaningless exercise. There's power there. There's multiplication there. All these things that we, that Jesus teaches us to do are not meaningless exercises. We have to believe. It, do you believe your prayers are powerful? Because listen, I'm here to tell you, there were times where Jesus did only a few miracles, one of them in his hometown, and he only did a few. You know why? Because of unbelief. God wants to work miracle after miracle after miracle in your life. But will you believe him for what he says? Will you believe? Will you believe your prayers are powerful? Will you believe that God has made you more than a conqueror? And don't look at the situations. Don't look at the things that that try to tear you down. But believe. Step into it. And say, Lord, yes, thank you. I am more than a conqueror because of what you have done for me. I am anointed. I do have a calling on my life because of what you did for me. And I can step in it. I can walk in that because of what he's done for us. You see, Jesus will fill you because He's the only one you can. I love worshiping God. I love being in His presence because I get a glimpse of heaven. And uh, I sound like elevation worship right now, but I, I use the phrase, I can definitely get used to this, right? That was just one of their songs they came out with. And I always remind myself, man, glimpse of heaven. I can get used to this for all of eternity. Feeling His presence, experiencing it. Just so you know, 
Guess what heaven's going to be about? You're going to have that feeling all the time. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be an amazing time being in His presence forever and ever. Never feeling distant from Him. Always being closer than you've ever been before. That's going to be an amazing time. So the third thing He's going to talk about is that He protects you. Everybody say protects. Verses 11-13. through 13. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down His life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd does not own the sheep. So when he sees a wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. So here's the difference between bad shepherds and good shepherds. Here's the, when you're hearing people all over the media world, you know, saying whatever, you know, this is what is so important, is how do you know if they're a good shepherd or a bad shepherd? Well, what do they do when trials come? Because it reveals their character. It reveals who they are. What? Remember what happened? When did the bad shepherd run? The wolf came. Right? So when the wolf comes, the, the, the shepherd, the bad one, runs away. Why? Because he's like, it's not my fault, it's their fault. They shouldn't have been out there. I told them not to. Right? And they're leading from the back. They're not necessarily leading from the front. They're only leading from the front because they want power and position. And then when it doesn't benefit them, they, well, you know, I'm not going to put myself out there. I'm not going to apologize, right? And so it's so important to recognize the difference. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. In fact, I will be out in front, and I will fight for you when the wolf comes. And that's so important because the enemy, like I said, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy your life. He comes to not play games with you. He comes to destroy your life. So when the enemy attacks your, your physical body, mentally, spiritually. He wants to take it deeper and deeper. And he wants to destroy everything. So the enemy doesn't protect you, in other words. So when you have a situation that happens to you, that hurts you, that's painful, I'm here to tell you this is what the enemy is going to do. Steal, kill, and destroy. So there are certain things that are easy to release. For all of us. There are natural things where we just release it to God. But there are, he will, the enemy of your soul will find something you will find hard to let go. Because he's smart. He's not unorganized. He is organized. The enemy knows where to find the hole. And he knows there are certain things you will not release because it hurts too much. Having painful memories of maybe something that somebody has done to you or things that were said over you, things that, things that happened, right? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy your life. And so what he does is he doesn't want you to forgive. He doesn't want you to, he doesn't want you to release the bitterness and the hatred and the pain. He wants you to hold on to it because he wants you to take it deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Because what will happen is he will, he will kill he will steal, and then he's going to destroy. Because when he gets to that phase, destroy, when he gets to that phase, it's no longer destroying you. It's going to destroy people around you. You want to find somebody who's been destroyed by bitterness? Don't get around them because they're going to, they're going to impact, like, use their bad attitude on you, right? And then how many know that puts you in a bad day, right? Because why? Because they're allowing the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy. And so when he gets to that phase, destroy, it's not just destroying you and your heart. It's destroying people around you. So you have to release things to the Lord. And I love this imagery that God is using, that Jesus is using, that he's willing to fight for us. 
right? Because he's a good shepherd. So what does a shepherd, what does a shepherd do? He's supposed to protect his flock, right? And so when the enemy is dancing over situations that you have walked through in your life and you have done stuff or maybe had stuff done to you that's painful that you can't let go, I'm here to tell you this is what the Lord is going to do for you. You see, when you release it, when you release it, guess who shows up? Jesus does. And guess what he's carrying? He's saying, I'm carrying a shepherd's staff, right? So if I'm the enemy, I rem- that, that brings a flashback. Because do you remember what happened when Moses had a staff? What happened? In the Old Testament, God says, I have given you a staff, and this is going to be the thing that takes down the most powerful empire in the entire world. It will take them down. They're going to be begging for you to get out. And so when, so when God shows up because you've released pain, you said, I don't want this anymore, what, does the, what is the Lord doing for you? I imagine it this way. He's grabbing his staff, and he shows up, and the enemy of your soul sees the staff, and he's getting flashbacks. He's saying, I know what happens when... That thing shows up because I know who's behind the staff. I know who's carrying it. I know who empowers that. And I mean, look at this imagery John John is using here. He's letting us know the enemy of our soul will not dance. He will be running. He will be fleeing from you in that situation. And so he's yanking. Jesus will literally take that hook of that shepherd's staff, hook it around the enemy's neck, and drag him right out of your life. He will drag them off of your kids. He will drag them off of your family. He will drag them off your job. He will drag them off the pain, the anxiety, the stress, the, the thoughts of, of suicide. He will drag them. He will drag the enemy off because you're his and you belong to him because you're his child because he does not want the enemy dancing all over your situation. He is saying, I will turn all things for the good, Romans 8, 28. I will turn all things for the good of those who love me and are called according to his purpose. He says, I will turn it around for good. I will take your pain and transform your pain. I believe that because that happened to my grandfather. The reason why I am in church today is because of the decision he made when I was not even alive. Because he had painful things, things I can't even imagine to go through personally, that he went through, but he didn't let the pain steal, kill, and destroy him. So you have a choice what to do with your pain. You have an option. You can hold on to it or you can let go. Because when you let go, God's power can work. God's power can, can move in that pain and bring something beautiful after, after something that was so painful. He will bring beauty from it. And he will transform. And it affected my life. I've been through painful experiences. Things I didn't have answers to. When I lost my friend at 16 years old, I didn't understand why. I had a lot of questions for God. I said, God, why did that happen? He was a good kid. He didn't do anything bad. He was a good kid. I don't understand why he, why he passed away. And I had a lot of pain that I held on to. I was able to release a lot of different pain. Don't get me wrong. But like I said, the enemy finds something. He will find something. And he will have you hold on to it because he doesn't want you to release the pain. The enemy of your soul does not want you to release your pain because he wants to use that pain to destroy your life. And when you let go, God comes in and he takes the enemy off of that situation and he turns it around for his glory. I've been able to use that story with many people because it's helped them understand God is with you. God is for you. He is not against you. 
and he will, ter- he will turn anything for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. I've seen it happen time and time again, and I'm thankful that I was able to release pain, release other situations, release that pain. And I believe God wants to release people from some pain because he wants to do a miracle in your situation that you're facing. There is painful things that you have walked through, things that have been said about you, things that have been said to you. Maybe it's a family member, a friend, or a coworker, a boss, and you need to release the pain because the enemy is, is going to have a field day with that if you don't do it. And God's going to work a miracle. And you want to know how my pain got released? It wasn't because of something I prayed about. It was because somebody came alongside of me and believed when I couldn't believe. And he prayed over me prayed with me. And that's when I felt something happen in me. That's when I felt a miracle taking place in my heart, where I felt the pain being released from God, from from my life. And God was able to come in because why? Because he was yanking the devil off of that. And he's saying that you are not going to have a field day with Bobby Hackett on that situation anymore. And that is so powerful to remember that. We'll have a time at the end of service today. If you need to release pain, release something into God's hands, maybe you need to do it again because the enemy is starting to have a field day with you. I'm here to tell you, do not let the enemy steal your miracle. Do not let him take it. You have to respond. And if you're doing it the exact same way you've always done and it's still there, that means you need to do something different. Otherwise, you're just going to keep getting the same result over and over and over. And the Bible says when two or three are gathered in, in his name, he is there with us. And he will come through for you. I promise you that. And so the last thing is this. He is missional. Now the worship team come at this time. He is missional. Verses 14 through 18. I'm going to read this. It says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. My sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there will be one flock, one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and the authority to take it up again. This command I received from the father. Jesus was missional. So Jesus is talking to a bunch of people who are Jewish. And yet Jesus is is preparing them for what is about to happen, that he wasn't just coming to save the Jews with salvation. He was coming to save the entire world. He was coming for Gentiles too, which are non-Jewish people. So if you're a non-Jewish person, this would cause you to celebrate, right? Because he came for you too, right? He came for people. He came for you. He, he is personal. He is not some big God that's so massive and wonderful. He is, but he's also very personal to you. And he comes and he ministers to you. And he loves on you. He speaks words of life over you. And that's such an amazing thing because it can be so easy to just receive something and then get comfortable with what we've received. It's easy to just surround yourself with people who think like you, look like you, talk like you, all those different things. But Jesus says, get out of the comfort zone because you're, you are more than a conqueror. And if you stay within your, your comfort zone, you're limiting what God can do. You're limiting yourself. Open the door for other people who don't think the same who don't talk the same, who don't look the same, and open yourself up. Yeah, they may not, you may go through a painful experience, just release the pain, because you know what? Jesus went through a lot, but he did it for you. So let's do it for other people, because it can be very easy to lose sight of the mission. You don't believe me? Apostle Peter, 
in Galatians chapter 2, was confronted by the Apostle Paul because he got comfortable with his Jewish buddies. And, and the Apostle Paul confronted him and said, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're just surrounding yourself with people that, you know, are just like you. Surround yourself with everybody because Jesus comes for everybody. He wants all people. And the Apostle Peter had to make a, a shift to say, you know what? I'm, just, I'm not going to make it about me and my crew. I'm going to make it about all people because all deserve to hear the message of Jesus Christ. All deserve to have their pain lifted, their sin lifted, their fears cast out. They deserve to have the miracle. They deserve to have the joy. They deserve to have the peace. They deserve to have the love. And I'm not going to let somebody go throughout this life never experiencing that because there are people who are missing today. Look around the room. Who's not here that you know? Who's not here that you know should be here? Ask yourself this, God, what can I do to be missional towards those people that are missing in the house of God today? They have, they're missing out on His love. They're missing out on His, on His grace. So this morning, would you stand to your feet today? I believe the Lord is going to do what He's always done. I think He's going to He's going to work a miracle in people's lives. The people who experienced miracles in Jesus's in Jesus's day were the ones who were willing to step out of the crowd and, and be vulnerable, and say, "You know what, Lord, I don't have it all together. I don't have it. I have pain that I need to release because it's eating me alive, and I don't know what else to do." Let me here to tell you, you need somebody to believe when you cannot believe. That's what the prayer teams are for. It's not a meaningless exercise. There's power there when there are people gathered together and they pray over you with prayers of faith when you can't believe as much as maybe they would believe. Because I'm telling you, they will pray and they will bring the house down. Amen? And so today, you may need to release some things. And I understand that may make you look like you're vulnerable, but Jesus said this, and this is what the power of his word, the Apostle Paul mentions this. He says, His power will be made perfect in my weaknesses. Here's another way to put it. His power will be made perfect in my vulnerabilities. When you're vulnerable with God, you know what he calls that? He calls that humility. And he can answer humility. He wants somebody to come to him and lay it down and say, I can't do it. I can't release it. But I know you can. That's what it's like to have the faith to believe. And that's the person who gets the miracle. I'm just trying to encourage you to not miss your miracle because I have miracles done in my life and I had to get vulnerable. And you know what? It was okay because those people prayed over me many times, different situations, and they had more faith than I did. But I received a miracle over and over and over again. So if you're here today, you need to release something to God. You can do that this morning. Prayer teams, if you would make your way forward at this time, if you want to receive the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, the Bible says this very simply. Repent and believe in Jesus Christ. Repent that you are a sinner who needs grace, who needs salvation. And He will forgive you. And He will come into your life and become your Lord and Savior. That is the message of, of the gospel that Jesus came to die for. Because He wants you to experience His resurrection power that only can be offered by Him. And He wants to do that in your life today. He wants to move in your life today. If you want to receive Christ, let the prayer teams know as you come forward, hey, today 
I just want to receive Jesus into my life. They would love to pray with you over that, and they will help you with that. If you have pain that you need to release today, this is why I'm hitting on this, because I know the Lord was touching on something, and I just felt in my spirit, Jesus is wanting to do miracles in people. My prayer is that you won't miss it. Amen? I'm going to pray, and if you would like to come and and receive prayer, if we need more prayer teams, we will. The team is going to lead us after I pray. But after I pray, if you want to receive some prayer today, if you need to release something to the Lord, if you need to respond in salvation, come into these prayer teams. They would love to pray prayers of faith over you. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that we can recognize and follow your voice. Lord, you are with us always. Lord, you desire for us to walk in victory, not defeat. To walk in freedom, not in pain. Lord, for those today who need to respond to give their life to you, to receive salvation, I pray that they will repent and believe. Lord, to receive the greatest miracle of all, salvation through you. Lord, for those today who have experienced pain and it's, it's destroying them, Lord, I pray today that they will release it. Lord, that they will not walk out of this place trying to do it their own way, trying to fight the battle on their own. But Lord, that they would receive their miracle today because they've given it to you today. And Lord, that they will come and be prayed for. Lord, that their faith could be built up so that they can conquer, Lord, the thing that the enemy is trying to toy with them on. Because we know you will show up with your staff and the devil will go running because of it. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.